Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to beescharitablepursuits.com. That's B-E-E-S charitablepursuits.com. Now, here's your host, Brian Pruitt. Good, fabulous Friday. It's another fabulous Friday, and we've got two fabulous guests this morning. We were supposed to have three, but someone had an emergency that couldn't be here, so we'll bring him back on. So uh, it's nice fall weather out there this morning, so looking forward to actually staying fall. So our first guest this morning, well, first of all, if this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, this is all about positive things happening in the community. And so we've got, as I mentioned, two fabulous guests. And our first guest this morning is Stephanie Diamond from Diamond Chick Consulting. Stephanie, thanks for being here this morning. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. First so I, day of fall. There you go. Yeah. So I like the uh, the name of your business, obviously, and with your name and stuff like that. But you and I sat down and talked, and you have a passion for helping people in many different ways. Uh, but what caught my attention was being a volunteer at Mostly Much for uh, several, I guess, several years. You still do some of that right now. Absolutely, yep. Um, so if you don't mind, just share a little bit of your background, then we'll talk about uh, Diamond Chick Consulting. All right. Well, just to give you a little bit of background, I do have two children that are both at KSU right now, and I'm super proud of them. They've been doing go awesome. Owls. Yeah, go Owls. Um, I, I'm a military brat. My dad was in the military, so we traveled all around when I was growing up. Um, we grew up primarily in Greer, South Carolina. I moved to Atlanta in 1999 to get married, and then we started having children. And then um, I graduated from college, college of Charleston, was a theater major, went into the nonprofit world after college because theater is not where you make money, although nonprofit is not where you make money either. However, I used a lot of my skills that I learned from being in theater and arts management in the nonprofit world. So I worked for a community foundation for a few years and then um, had my children and then went back to work um, at a school for dyslexic children for 10 years. I worked in the admissions and outplacement department. And what a fulfilling job that was. I mean, I was able to talk to the parents who were were just at their – they had exhausted every resource and I was able to provide comfort and solutions and resources and that was a great position for me. Things change as we go down the road, and um, I needed to find something a little bit more um, lucrative because I was having to support my family on my own. So I went into the insurance world. Wow, what a sharp <laughs> contrast. That was quite amazing. But what I realized is that the insurance world needed me because I brought humanity back into it, and I'm someone who is going to listen to what someone says and listen to what someone wants and really figure out what someone needs and not just put them in what I want them to be put in, which is what a lot of people do these days. So it's been nice to be able to bring my nonprofit attitude to a for-profit world. So so share a little bit about uh, a little bit more about the nonprofit. So the community theater stuff that you did, right? It was community theater? It was a community foundation. Foundation. Right. Can you share about that? Yep. So what I, I came in as the administ- administrator of assistant and um, – Absolutely love the the job. I love the the people I worked with. I love the waking up every morning knowing I was doing something really good for the community. A lot of what we did was go into other nonprofits to make sure that they were doing all the things they were supposed to be doing and and that the 
the people creating the endowments and uh, providing those donations, their money was going to the right places. So we did a lot of, um, I got to know a lot of the community. We had a lot of community events that brought in all kinds of people from different communities. And down in Charleston, South Carolina, that was, that was quite a, it was a very interesting eye-opening experience because there was a lot of people that I met that I never would have met if I'd not been in that role. So, and that's really what my passion is, is just meeting brand new people almost every day. I, I, I've, I try to, I try to be as active and proactive in my networking and meeting people as I possibly can. Cause you just never know what that person's going to bring to your world. Right. And that's yeah. one thing I love about, uh, you know, guys, listening if you don't know that's what i do is community uh fundraising events and that's what i love about the events is the fact that you do get to meet a lot of people that even going out networking that you wouldn't meet because a lot of the folks don't either know about networking know how to network or uh scared to network or whatever so it's great to have and that can be a networking in itself so right um you currently still volunteer for mostly mutts i do i started volunteering so um back in 21 when everything was so exciting and, and wonderful in this world. Um, I needed a, a pick me up and volunteering was the way I needed to do it. Cause like I said, I came from a nonprofit back background and I hadn't been able to do that since being, um, having this role. So I, um, and I'm a huge animal lover and, um, I walk dogs every Monday morning from eight to 10 and it is the best way to start a week. What a great way to just get myself out of bed and start with a positive attitude. And it's been, incredible and i'm going to be i'm having surgery on my knee next week i'm having knee replacement so i am having to step down from that role for about two months but i'll be doing other things to um to compensate for that because that uh, organization needs help and i love working with them and i encourage other people to reach out to volunteer as well so you don't want the dogs walking you when you have to have your surgery exactly (laughs) and i i have had dogs walk me before so (laughs) Can you share a little bit about Mostly Mutts, where they're at, and and other things they do? So Mostly Mutts is a shelter in Kennesaw, Georgia. Obviously, I guess we're all here. (laughs) Um, And they were it's off of um, Cherokee and Ben King Road. Um, They bring it. They rescue animals from the different um, humane societies, and um, really just remediate the animals, find homes for them, and the, the fostering program there is. It's it's unbelievable. I've actually there are more dogs in foster than there are at the shelter, which is amazing because that's where animals are going to do better when they're in foster. So, um, again, I, I do. I anytime I talk to anybody, I, I try to encourage them to somehow get involved in any way you can. But um, the other way, uh, the other uh, uh, program that mostly Mutts just opened was their market, which is off of Bell's Ferry in ninety two. And I'm going to tell you what: if you're a thrift shopper. That's the place to go. So I highly recommend uh, they take donations and they um, they sell the, pe- the things that people are donating. And it's it's a but it's all run by volunteers. So that's why it's so important for our community to to pitch in. Do you know when the hours might be for that? Are they open certain times? They're open from I believe ten to four. I could be wrong, and I should have written that down. I apologize. Um, uh, Thursday through Saturday. Okay. Um, the market is the um, the shelter is open. Obviously. We uh, year round, um, but you can go and check out our cute little animals um, during the week. I believe it's from ten to three when you can go and and um, meet some new friends. And we, there's cats as well. It's not just dogs. And we had a goat, and I think we've had some fish. So awesome! <laughs> it's a mostly mutts. There you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about um, being involved in the community. You've already mentioned about being about in Charleston and stuff, and you love being 
a part of the community? Why is it important to be part of the community? Because we live in it. We want to know who's who we're living around. We want to know who's making decisions. We want to know how those decisions are affecting people. Um, I, I, I mean, I have I have just dived. Is that the, did I use the right term? Yeah. Right um, tense into the community in Kennesaw. I'm going to tell you, I've lived there for two years, and th- that is an amazing amazing community right there. They, they welcome, especially small businesses with open arms, Ackworth the same way, Woodstock, all the, this area out West of Atlanta has just been unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, you did. You I did. can go off on tangents. So. That's fine. <laughs> um, let's talk about the networking piece too. Cause we always talk about networking, uh, mm-hmm. is really part of the community as well, but, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, there are some negatives too to networking, but mostly positive stuff. Yeah. And it's very powerful as well. Can you share a, a positive testimonial, uh, for networking? So I'm, can I share a little bit about yeah, my, my big networking? Sure. So I am involved, heavily involved with the BNI. Um, and I actually just became an area director with, uh, this region up here, which I'm super excited awesome. about. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I just finished up my year as president with my, um, home chapter and, I'm going to tell you, I ha- it has been the the view that I have seen all year or uh, that I've had all year to be able to see a group, a, a room of, of small businesses work together so intentionally to help build each other and and encourage each other and empower each other, even when we fall down and, and bump our knees. But we're going to, to watch everybody pick everybody up has just been amazing. So networking, it, I think it has a connotation of you're looking for business. For me, I'm looking for personal relationships, not personal relationships, but cultivating business relationships personally, if you will. So I've been able to really, um, to be able to see that from my view this past year has been so inspiring. And just to see how much has changed. I mean, our, our chapter went, we had, we had, I mean, everybody, every, every group has its issues. So it's been great to just to see everybody pitch in and work together. So, so uh, you talk about BNI and that's for those who don't know, BNI is a closed networking group. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of other groups out there that are free and open networking. And there are some folks that have uh, maybe misnomers or uh, don't like the closed seats and anything like that. So can you maybe debunk anything about the closed networking? So the closed networking to me is kind of where you go to learn how to network. I mean, it's a place where um, there are so many tools and so many resources that are available with a membership uh, through an organization like this. Um, you've got you've got professional development, you've got podcasts, you've got presentations, you have. Um, I mean, there's just there's it's a it's a well oiled machine if you do it the right way, and. Um, I forgot what the question was because I, I had so to maybe debunk. Yeah. Yes. So if you are, if you are someone who is, if you're someone who's been in business for a long time, you've done all the professional development, you've, you've created your, your, your book of business. That may not be the right place. Maybe it's really for people who want to improve, not who want to stay still or just earn business. It's for people who want to propel themselves into the next level. And I think that's, that's what I have seen. And that's where when people are excited about BNI, that's what they're talking about. It's how it took them to from here to there. And sometimes you don't even see it until it's a year or two and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. But when you can use the tools that you learn in that closed networking group 
to go out into the, into the real world. Um, it really just helps, um, it helps boost who you are and it makes people wonder where you learned how to do all that. So So can you maybe explain for those listening who may not know the difference between a closed networking and an open networking group? So closed networking is, uh, you've got a group of people who there's one person per industry in that room. And, um, that is your referral partner. You are, um, you're, what you're doing in that, in those rooms are building, um, relationships. So, you know, like, and trust the people that they will, um, represent you well and that you can represent them well. And you're really intentionally looking for work, your help, your, your learning, you're kind of a sales team for your, for your members. Open networking is where you go out and you, again, uh, talk about the people that you know in your chapter that could help people out there. So you go to networks and you ask, you hear, you're on the list and out for those trigger words that you've been, you've been trained to listen for by your referral partners. So it's referral partners versus networking. That's, that's basically, that's, that's really the, the, the short of it. Would you also agree maybe that there are certain industries uh, that the closed networking may not be as good for as versus some of the open networking? I, in my experience, I've found that some of the industries, especially some of even the smaller versus the even small businesses, it's to me, some of the smaller, the closed groups may not be the right platform. Whereas starting out in a, in an open networking, and again, this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. but starting out in an open networking group, and then you build in that way, then eventually you could go to a small, but would you agree with that, that there are some industries that may not be uh, as a good networking or as a good platform? Do you have an industry in mind that you're thinking of that may be? Well, for instance, uh, my, my industry, right? I, even though I need sponsorships for events, mm-hmm. um, some of the people may look at the upfront cost to join like a B&I group right. to that and say, well, I don't have the money, and so it may not fit. But I'm just thinking there are... Um, I don't know. I can't think. Uh, I don't know. There are, I just think some of the smaller industries that, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the service industries, the insurance, all of those bankers, that could be a good platform for BNI. There are, I, I just feel like there might be some others that are just very niche. So I think one of the things that really stuck with me and why it worked well with me, it was because it was an investment. I put, I mean, it's not cheap, but I put in the, I, I'm putting in the time, the effort and the money. I'm going to, I'm going to really take this seriously. I'm going to, I'm not going to, you know, just kind of go to the meetings and be done with it. I'm going to do all the little things that they tell me to do. I'm going to, I'm going to take their advice. And I think that with businesses that are starting off that may not have that, that, uh, that foundation, one, we have options, we have payment options Two. That may just be the thing that gets you over that hump. And it may be the thing that gets you to, to that next level. I think when you, when you are part of an organization like this and you've never done networking before, it's hard to go to those open networking events because it's hard to know how to one, read the body language or jump into a conversation with someone that you don't know. If you're part of BNI, you're, you're kind of, um, you are, yeah, you're groomed to go right. into these and it just to walk up and, and be able to start a conversation or um, get yourself involved with the conversation. I think that it's, I think there's more value going from BNI to open networking than the opposite. Just what because about, you're learning. What about somebody who's strictly a B2C versus a B2B? I think that there, it just depends on what you're wanting to get out of right. it. If you're wanting just business, if you, if all you need is just business, then go to open networking. But if you're wanting professional development, if you're wanting to to cultivate those relationships, 
BNI is where you go because it's a weekly meeting. It's a, there's accountability. There's a lot of, you've got, so yes. And I would say too, that even, even the open networking, it's still about establishing a relationship. Don't go in. Like I mentioned before, I, when I first started, I wanted to go and hand every single business card, get every business card, try to sell everybody. And you don't want to no. do that. It's all about no. learning and building that relationship. Well, and that's something that you learn in being out right. and you learn how to strategically go and network and you learn not to go in and hand out your card and sell to everybody. Um, and then the more you do, the better you get at it, the more comfortable you, it just, it's a, it's, it's basically you're practicing open network to me is practicing what I've learned in BNI. So. All right. So let's talk about diamond chick consulting. All right. All Check right. With the plan. Yeah, there you go. So share about what you do. I mean, you mentioned a little bit about the insurance, but share about what you do, who you're working with. So I am, um, I was a captive agent. I've been an uh, insurance agent for uh, five years now. Um, I was captive for about three of those years and realized I was turning away so much business because not everybody could, was qualified for the, the policies that I had. So I said, you know what? I got to get myself. Um, I, I got appointed with all the main uh, carriers and I got, I'm doing ACA. I pretty much anything I could sign up for and get appointed with, I did, which is a good thing and also a bad thing. There's a lot of stuff I don't even know if I, I that I did. I, there's a lot of things in my, my toolbox I don't even know I have yet. But when I do, and I, that, that came to that because every conversation I have about insurance is different. There's never the same conversation. It's never a quote unquote lay down where it's just, you need insurance done. It's not like car insurance. So what I, what I bring to the tables, I help, I'm not selling insurance. I'm helping people purchase their insurance. And I really am focusing on small businesses who have been around for about two to three years who have, uh, maybe they've been in the corporate world for, you know, their whole life. And then during the pandemic had to uh, change everything up and they became their own bosses and they didn't need, well, they might've purchased insurance for themselves and that kind of with their family and everything. But all of a sudden they've got a, a staff of people who they need benefits. They need something to keep their employees on, on staff. If you want to main, if you want to attain and retain good employees, you need to be able to give them something. And it can be very overwhelming for a business owner to, start shopping for insurance. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know if you knew if you've ever shopped for insurance, but it's, it's, it's overwhelming and they do that on purpose. So I would like, I want, I'm strictly working or not strictly. I am really focusing on those businesses that need someone to give them that push to say, you need to do this. This is what I recommend. And I'm recommending this because of this. It's not set in state, you know, just kind of calm their nerves and make sure that they understand that it's not the end of the world. And, and, you know, it, it, it is affordable. And um, again, it's reinvesting in your in your business and in yourself and in your employees as well. So, I try to bring that um, humanity side back to back to insurance. Um, but yeah. So this is uh, we're talking about health insurance. Health insurance. Yes. Um, you mentioned the word captive. You're a captive. You said for a couple of years. Right. 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 Can you explain what that is? So a captive agent is someone who works primarily or works just with one insurance company. So they can't, they can say that they can shop all the plans, but they really can't. They can look at them. Anybody can look at most insurance. Now, private insurance is a little different. Private insurance is great for those that are um, <laughs> actually people who live in prosperous areas who are not prosperous actually do very well with uh, marketplace insurance. However, if you are um, in a pros- if you're in a not so prosperous area and you're one of the more prosperous people, your insurance rates are going to be out the roof. So it's nice to know that there are options out there to bring that cost down. Um, 
And, you know, again, just alleviating that anxiety and letting people know it's not the, I mean, things can change. We can talk about this in six months and we'll, you know, I'm here to make sure that you are, that you're covered. You know what you have, you know how to use it. And um, if I see something that might be better, I'm going to recommend it for you as well. So, and I think that's important because even when you talk about somebody that's in the property casualty type of insurance, you mm-hmm. know, uh, a good example, my when my parents and I moved here in 79, we had a guy that we was with a particular agency and he passed away unexpectedly. And then we got a letter in the mail saying that he passed away and this is your new agent, but we'd never seen him. And that's been 20 years ago. Yeah. Right. So it's nice to know that there are people out there in health insurance, other insurance groups that, you know, you can call and talk to and then are proactive and helping, you know, the, the clients as well. And sometimes that's all people want is someone to talk to. When something has gone wrong with your insurance, whether it's your commercial, home and auto, health, whatever, it's usually a bad situation. So they really it did have a touch point and someone who's going to pick up the phone and say, dang, I'm really sorry that happened. Let me let me help you out with this. I may not be able to adjust all the claims, but I can at least hold your hand and help you get to the next um, to the next person that will be able to make that make those changes. So. So if a business uh, individual is listening, uh, I'd like to give, I'd like for you to give some, uh, a couple pieces of nuggets if you don't mind. So first of all, um, there are some people out there that think, well, you know, and this may be true, I don't know, but it's cheaper for me not to have insurance and just go pay out of pocket. But can you maybe give uh, a benefit of why you should carry insurance? So I actually agree with that. I think that most of our, um, most of our health coverage, most of the health coverage people are worried about are your doctor visits. And that is not why you get insurance. You don't get insurance. I mean, for your car insurance, you don't get insurance. So you can take it to get its oil changed or even the tires fixed or even a new air conditioner. You get it when there's something major. If you shop for health insurance in that same way, the money you save generally is astronomical because cash pay is king. Cash is always king. Until it's gone. Well, until it's gone. (laughs) But if you don't have catastrophic, catastrophic is really where it's at. That's the kind of you, what, what you want is insurance so that if you go to the doctor and they find something, then you've got coverage. You don't go to the doctor having, you know, your doctor visits free, though they're not free. You're paying for them somewhere. Right. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Right. Um, and you can't take advantage of the system. Uh, the system's too smart. So, um, what you can do is be smart and know how insurance should work. And it's funny how when, when I talk to some people who've never had insurance or haven't been insured for a while, they start asking a lot of questions like, what is it? Does it cover this? Does it cover that? Can I go here? Can I, I'm like, where, what have you been doing for the last 10 years? Let's think about this here. You know, so it's, um, yeah, so that, that would be one of the things I would recommend. And as if there are, there are a lot of advocacy groups out there now because of the state of our, our world and our society, people, and because the cost of insurance has gone up. Some people, a lot of people have just said, forget it. I'm not paying for it. I'd rather just, you know, I'll go bankrupt, whatever. There are programs out there that will help those that have, um, that have outstanding medical bills. If something major does happen. Um, so that would, and I think what you brought up too about the catastrophic is important because um, people out there, well, I'm healthy. I don't need to go. I don't go to the doctor that often. No, it, nothing's promised. You're just one second yeah. away from something. So, and as soon as you say I'm healthy, nothing's happened. You're going to walk out the door. Something's going to happen. Right. So be careful what you say. Right. But no, it's yeah. 
Um, I think that a lot of us are overinsured. There are a lot of, the, especially through marketplace, those plans cover a lot of things that, especially men, men aren't even going to use half of it because a lot of it's maternity. <laughs> so, right. you know, look at what your what your plans include, and um, again, work with a professional who knows how to look at things and compare and can explain it to you. If you're talking to someone who doesn't know the difference between the one or this or that, that that's not the right person for you because that person's probably looking. To put you on something that's lucrative for them, not for you. So let's give uh, advice to a business owner who you mentioned working with businesses and being able to provide that for their employees. Yeah. So first of all, what size as a business would be that you would work with? So a my ideal my ideal size would be between three and seven. Okay. So for that business owner who has never carried an insurance for employees, mm-hmm. right? What does that look like? Do they pay for the insurance or do they what, what, walk through somebody who might be interested but say, my business can't pay for that or whatever? What does that look like? So there are several, several things we can do there. One, um, and I'll go, I'll go ahead and just name one of the, the policies that I have is AFLAC. I mean, AFLAC is a great way to start if, uh, offering benefits because it comes – it comes out of payroll. So as a business owner, you're not even seeing that expense because of the way that it's, you know, all the taxes and stuff like that. So I would definitely recommend um, if you're wanting to, to start there, Affleck's a great way to start. Um, if you, if your, uh, if your staff or employees want to have additional, um, uh, additional insurance or coverage, you can offer a 50% split. You can offer a hundred percent reimbursement. It's just really up to you what you as a business owner can afford and want to do. Now, the other thing is you can put them on a catastrophic plan. And if they want to add dental and vision or some other things, let that be an option to them. They can pay for it. But if you can, if a business owner can pay for the, the meat of the insurance, that's going to be what a great way to show your, your employees that you care. Um, and it saves your business too, because if something should happen to that employee, they've got coverage. I mean, it's just there. It's like I said, you don't want to overinsure and you don't want to break the bank trying to give all these benefits, but you definitely want to make sure that your, your, your peeps are covered. Right. Yeah. yeah and because, you're covered as a business owner. Right. If you're not covered, if you're a business owner and you do not have insurance, we need to talk because <laughs> big time we need to talk that. And that's, um, that's usually the people that need to talk the most, but don't have time to talk. Well, you talked about this earlier that especially in today's society, a lot of it's, it's chaos out there. People are scared about wanting, they don't know what to do. And right. so a lot of people just go without and thinking, well, that's just the way to go. And it's really, I don't think the right thing to do. Well, and that's why I like doing business face to face or at least by zoom. So people can see who they're talking to and they can understand that I'm, you know, there's a, there's a conversation there and it's not just, it's not a quick, it's, it's, it's not a quick transaction. It really isn't. And if it is, then you're not working with the right broker. Right. So that we got a good question. Where are you all licensed? Where can you help people? So I am licensed in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Texas, Ohio, and Michigan. All right. Yeah. All right. So, um, couple of things I'd like to ask you to give us some advice on. So you spent some time in the nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. If somebody's listening and thinking about starting a nonprofit, what, what advice would you give them? Oh gosh. Um, start spreading the word. I mean, you got to make sure people know that you're out there. Um, and I, I, that's a really good question. I wasn't expecting that <laughs> one. Um, 
I, I, I'm going to have to, I, I don't know how to answer that. Well, that's what, think about it. Make sure you have benefits. <laughs> there you go. All right. So if somebody's listening and thinking about starting their own business, because you've, you've done this, well, give some advice to starting their own business. Again, get yourself out there. You cannot start your own business by sitting behind a desk. You have to put in the hustle. I mean, and it is, if you're not, if you don't like the hustle, then maybe starting, maybe starting your own business is not the right thing for you because it's not, it is not a stationary job. <laughs> And it, there's going to be ups and downs, and you're going to have to stay consistent. And um, just I, I stay consistent. That that has been the biggest lesson I've learned over the last few years. Um, and I've, I'm consistently incons- inconsistent. That's been my my thing. So I've had to really, really work on that piece. And the the there, it's been amazing to see the process work. So. The others have some backbone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Very thick skin. Yes. Um, all right. So I had another question for you that I forgot. So, oh, uh, is there anything coming up that you know of event-wise for either Mostly Mutts or anything that you've got going on that you want to share? Yeah, there actually is. There's a um, a concert happening in Ackworth on October the 8th. I think that's a Sunday. Um, it's a, it's called Shebang. It's a, um, four different, uh, Nashville singers coming together to sing and play some music. And it, it is going to, uh, 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 help support mostly mutts and two other, um, rescue organizations around. So I highly recommend, and that's an Ackworth. And if you go to my website, www.diamondchickconsulting.com there, I've actually got links to a whole bunch of different stuff. Go to the diamond verse tab and I've got links to different things that I'm involved with. And mostly Mutz has a, a tab there as well. Nice. So, well, I was going to ask you to share your website, but if somebody else wants, is that the best way for people to get a hold of you if they that, need your services? Yep. They can schedule an appointment through there. They can, um, my, all my contact information is there as well. So I encourage you to, to visit and, um, let me see how I can help you. I do um, offer uh, policy reviews. If if you want someone just to get it, take a look at your stuff, tell you what you have. I don't, I'm not, again, I'm not here to sell you. I'm here to help you know what you have. And um, if you need to purchase something else, I can be that person. But I, I encourage people to know what they have before going to the doctor. Just that's a, there you go. <laughs> another little nugget. I right wish there. I could go to that concert, but that's the day my stepdaughter's getting married. So oh, I guess nice. I need to be at that. So, nice. well, Hopefully kind of other important. people can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Commitment. Stephanie, thanks for coming and sharing. Thank We're not you. done, so don't leave. Sure, we can't sure. let you leave anyway, so the door's closed. So. All right. <laughs> We're going to move there. over to uh, <laughs> Tommy Hanrein from Ameris Bank. Tommy, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Good to be here. So i got to tell you, um, first of all, of all my networking days, I, I've known some commercial bankers to network, and it's those are very far in between, but I've never known a personal banker to network. And Tommy, that's where I met Tommy, is Ackworth Connections. Um, and networking. And I also feel like Norm every time I walk into his branch because Brian, absolutely, you know, so that's, that's pretty awesome. So, um, we'll get to the, to the more of the bank here in just a second, but you, you obviously have a passion for help, uh, people, uh, not only in with their banking needs and stuff like that, but you, uh, you play a role in, in being a caretaker as well. That's right. Uh, would you just mind sharing your background? Yeah, my background. So I'm a Georgia native, uh, born and raised in Georgia. I grew up in the Norcross Peachtree Corners area. Uh, went to school at Georgia Southern and I've been in banking for, I guess, a little over 20 years now in one form or another. Um, I started out with, uh, HSBC Bank and consumer lending. So we did, um, you know, uh, refinances, uh, home equity lines, auto loans, personal loans. Um, did that. 
until 2008 when the whole uh, housing crisis hit. And then uh, at that point went to work for Wachovia. And uh, at that point got my uh, uh, Series 663 life and variable licenses, became a uh, financial specialist with Wachovia. That um, mer- they merged with Wells Fargo. And um, and then I ended up going to work for a community bank, which was the best decision I ever did. Uh, at that time, it was Fidelity Bank. Fidelity Bank merged with Ameris Bank in uh, 2019. Um, so I've been with, uh, Ameris for 11 years, but, uh, but yeah, uh, my dad was in, uh, uh, mortgage banking. So kind of out of college, my first interview was with HSBC who he retired from and I kind of didn't know what I did, what I wanted to do. I, I majored in uh, business management and he was like, you know, I can get you an interview. So I just kind of, uh, went into banking and never got out and, um, yeah, like I said, going going to work for Ameris and a community bank was really the best thing I ever did. It's you know, uh, I mean, just being able to learn about small businesses, help small businesses, um, I love it. Well, so obviously you're you have to be a people person when you're in that industry as well. I mean, obviously uh-huh. it's like Stephanie, you got to be a people person. So, yep. um, we talked. We I mentioned that you're a caretaker, so yep. you spend a lot of time also taking care of your girlfriend. I, I do. Yep, yep. Um, I live you know, my girlfriend Evan, uh, and uh, I live with her and my uh, my dog Holly. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, Evan, she um, uh, perfectly healthy, and then uh, 2019 she. Uh, was well we didn't know what it was it was uh um they thought it was uh spinal stenosis at first it, it didn't present itself with symptoms of uh which he ultimately has is uh metastatic breast cancer with a really rare neurological disorder called perineoplastic syndrome so yeah we you know 2019 it kind of surfaced and um um, you know, almost started presenting itself in something kind of like Lou Gehrig's disease, like ALS, um, started dropping things, stuff like that. Went to emergency room a couple times. They're like, Oh, you're, you know, it's probably just, you know, everything's, I mean, I think they're just looking for a immediate, you know, uh, basically got the impression that, you know, they couldn't find anything. Um, and her speech was impacted probably four or five months after she started having these symptoms. Um, then they thought it was something called spinal stenosis. Um, turned out not to be that. And she even ended up having a surgery that apparently she didn't need. Oh, no. And, uh, but ultimately uh, went to Emory, um, and they have a special diagnostic program. And they, di- they basically did every test. It's almost like the show House, if you've ever seen it. Um, they basically, you know, ran every test under the sun and basically found out it was metastatic breast cancer and the, the perineoplastic syndrome, basically the, the cancer cells, uh, I guess, uh, create an antibody that attacks your central nervous system. So it kind of allows her where she can't walk and doesn't have good use of her hands and affects her speech and stuff like that. But yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, when something like that happens, you just dive in and you know, someone you love, you just take care of. And, um, and that's what I do. So yeah, you know, um, her parents come and, um, take care of her during the day when I'm out at work. Um, but then at night, as soon as I get home, I'm a caretaker. <laughs> wow. So, um, obviously it's in the name of your uh, community bank. Yeah. Um, and obviously what you just shared with your girlfriend and everything, but, 
So why is it important for you to be part of the community? Um, I think, you know, uh, everything is, is part, you know, the community, you see business owners every day that are trying to grow their business that are trying to, um, you know, uh, um, get their name out there. Um, they look to their bank to help them, uh, financially to help their business grow. Um, so I think it's important to be involved in the community with small businesses to help their businesses grow, um, and, uh, being involved in the community in other ways. Um, for instance, in, uh, October, in October, November, Ameris does a, uh, uh, a canned food drive every year, uh, called help fight hunger. And, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, every branch participates. So, you know, stuff like that, I think is really important to not only be involved in the community, you know, helping small businesses grow, but also to help the community for other needs as well. So, um, as I mentioned, I feel like Norm when I walk into your branch. Yep. So is that typical for all Ameris banks? It is. It is. We've, we've kind of got a slogan, uh, you know, uh, small enough to know you, but large enough to help you. Uh, meaning that, you know, uh, like the bigger banks, we offer all the same services, whether it's online wires, um, you know, positive pay, um, whatever services you'd find at a larger bank we offer. But, you know, we really, um, uh, cherish our, our community bank background and want to know our customers, get out and see our customers, um, when they come in, know them, know their name. Um, and that's, that's, you know, uh, uh, important factor of our, uh, culture. So another thing that I think is cool, as I mentioned, uh, you go out with network, but you also take the time to actually, if you need to, they want to sign up with you, but they can't get to your branch. You'll go to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, share about that because you don't find typically bankers that will do that either. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they kind of, um, as a branch manager role at Ameris, it's kind of a little different than some other banks where, where, you know, you're in the branch a hundred percent of the time. They kind of factor in being able to get out. They kind of want you to get out and, uh, you know, network and also, um, you know, um, if, like you said, if someone can't get to us, uh, get out there, learn about their business. Um, and anyway, we can, you know, help you as a small business. That's what we want to do. Um, and I love that aspect of it, just getting out and, uh, you know, whether it's a factory and touring it and seeing how they, you know, how they do business. Um, and, and, uh, but yeah, absolutely. We will, you know, I'll go out anywhere to uh to meet with you if you can't come see me and he likes to eat too so who I do. Lunch if you know I do. i'm a big eater <laughs> <laughs> um so the other thing i think is cool too is not many bankers do this either is you'll give your personal cell phone so uh, yeah. um you know i i when i first started my business and i got my first check and they're like well we're gonna have to hold this because and i'm like what what you know and then i was like and but tommy's like well just tell him to call me yeah so we did and i mean it took care of it right there so you don't find that either so it's pretty awesome absolutely um you've also come and supported and played golf in a golf tournament for a fundraiser so we appreciate that so absolutely i'd like to ask this on the banking side so uh, some of the bigger banks and i don't know if the other community banks are doing this as well but some of the bigger banks are getting rid of tellers right it's becoming almost all all virtual or serve self-serve and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um or community banks, I hope, are not going to that extreme, are they? No, I don't think we. You know, I think that's that's part of our culture is is having someone in the bank that that uh, can take care of you. And and you know, 
I hear, I, I see customers coming over all the time from uh, a lot of credit unions or larger banks where, you know, it's a, it's a virtual teller, um, or, uh, you know, they don't have anyone to talk to when they come in the bank. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't see that ever happening with a, with a community bank. All right, that's good because it's a little scary when it is. It you know, is. I can remember this has been in several. I mean, we're talking early two thousands. I have a buddy of mine that stopped going to a bank and went to the first one that was, I guess, ever online. I'm like, why would you even do that? You can't see, you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. You don't even know if your money's going. And if you deposit cash, I mean, it's it's right. easy, and and you don't have anyone to advise you. I mean, I think that's really important. Um, from from the tellers to personal bankers to managers, you you know you have someone in there that can can tell you uh, can advise you, and you and you don't have that with with strictly online banking. All right. So for a small business owner, and they're thinking about either not happy with their current bank or they need a bank, uh, what all can you offer a small business for their banking needs? Um, for, well, we have you know on the personal side, we have a uh, a checking account with no. Uh, no uh, monthly service fee or minimum balance requirement. Um, essentially, on the business, we uh, we don't call it a free checking, but it is free. Uh, you get up to two hundred transactions a month free, which um, almost all businesses don't really exceed that. Even if you're a restaurant and you do, you know, five hundred transactions a day, you batch it out in one or two merchant service batches, so it's only one or two transactions. So, you know, most businesses you have to, or most banks, you have to keep a minimum balance. Um, you have to, um, uh, meet certain criteria to avoid a monthly service fee. We don't have, we make it easier for you. Um, also, like you said, I think, you know, just the personalized service, um, you know, my good clients or, you know, uh, networking or anything I give my cell phone to where they can reach out to me, um, also, uh, you know, all the services that we can offer a small business uh, that a larger bank does, we have that too. Positive pay, which is helps to combat fraud, um, basically allows the business owner to um, upload a file of checks they've written. And, and if we see something that comes across that isn't that check number or that, that uh, amount, we uh, reach out to the customer. We don't pay it or, you know, reach out to the customer. And they have it on their end where they can decline it. Um, you know, if, if it's not on the list, um, services like that online wires, we, uh, makes it easy for the customer and typically our fees are lower than, um, you know, than other banks. Um, uh, lots, lots of, of reasons to bank with Ameris on the business side for attorneys. Um, we actually have, you know, attorneys, a lot of attorneys have to have IOLTA accounts, which is like an escrow account where it kind of holds, it's really the, their client's money. Um, and, uh, we actually will, uh, can, can use those balances to offset fees for attorneys, which most banks don't do. So we really, I think, you know, I think the fee structure, I think the, the personalized service, um, just like you said, being able to go into a bank and talk to somebody and get to know somebody and, and having them know you, I think that's really what we offer, um, 
you well, know, small business. And I think even though some of the bigger banks that uh, you could still walk in, but you're not going to get necessarily the branch manager to talk to you, right? And you're mostly always there. Yeah. You know, and your door is always open Absolutely. unless you've got a meeting or something. So that's, uh, that's incredible too. Uh, you still have your great promotion with your credit card going on. Can you we share do. about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, uh, we have several different credit card products, but one of the one of the uh, most popular it's uh, on the personal or business side. So you can do it in your name personally, or you can do it in the name of the business. It's zero percent for fifteen months, uh, and that's on not just balance transfers but purchases. So we see a lot of customers that. Um, they have a home improvement coming up or they need to buy a new AC unit or, you know, or, um, uh, you know, want to put in a sprinkler system or, or whatever the case may be, um, 0% for 15 months on purchases. And you see that sometimes on balance transfers, but not purchases. So right. That's, and that's been huge for a small business for me yeah. as well, because I had to get some stuff and I've been able to do that. So it helps on the cash flow too. Absolutely. Yep, sure does. So let's talk about the networking piece too, because obviously, like you said, we met at networking, you go to networking. What positive testimony can you share about networking? Um, I, I, uh, you know, I know the group that we're in Ackworth connections. Um, I love it. I mean, you know, that's an open networking group and, uh, it kind of goes back to what you said, Stephanie, like with, I've been in closed in networking groups and I like them like master networks and stuff like that. And you're right. You know, I guess I've been in banking. Well, for I've been in retail banking as far as a branch manager for about 11 years. And when you first start networking, you're right. You're handing your card out to everybody and trying to sell every, you know, and I think it's really, uh, you know, the testimony I would have to our networking group is just building relationships, being there, I think, every week, uh, meeting, uh, meeting, you know, new people, uh, uh, growing the relationships you have with existing uh, business owners or uh, anybody that's there. And, and I, that's been huge for me. Um, I think, you know, I know when I need a product or service, uh, first you know, I first thing I look to is people in my networking group to do that. Um, and I think they do that with me. And I think, you know, it builds a trust. And uh, I've gotten, so, you know, so many contacts that have gotten, you know, have grown to trust me and, and really, you know, trust sending their clients or referrals over to me. So that's been huge. The other thing I'll say, too, is um, you you also will let somebody know if if certain product or service isn't best for them because you know some of, some of the people you go into and talk to even at a bank be like yeah you need all this and then uh, all they care is that you're there and the money's there but you yep. will, you actually take the time too to talk to them and make sure that you've got the right thing absolutely absolutely yeah so um can you get maybe give some advice uh, maybe personal and and business wise on banking of what things do you need to look for. Uh, you mentioned some things already, but like even, you know, fraud or whatever, what's, what, what are some things that somebody can need to look for on a personal and business side, uh, that can give some, I don't know, either peace of mind or just some, uh, advice on somebody on the banking side. Um, just like as it pertains to fraud or, or well, anything. So, I mean, what, what's something that they need to, let's go, let's do the fraud thing first, but then maybe if you could say something about, you know, about, a particular service. I'm sure everybody's different on the services and what they need, but this is something that they might, for instance, like on insurance, you know, every, not everybody needs, um, I don't know what's something that not everybody needs on a health insurance side, but prescription prescription covers. There you go. But something on a bank side that, you know, just kind of gives somebody of, I don't know where to begin Uh type of thing. Okay. Okay. 
Um, I would say, you know, on the fraud piece, I think establishing – well, it kind of, believe it or not, kind of goes in hand. Establishing credit is huge, I think, on the banking side. So I think at an early age, um, one of my clients just came in, and uh, I've known him for a long time, and he brought his 18-year-old grandson in to uh, establish a credit card. And that's huge. Um for a couple different reasons, it's going to help you throughout, you know, when you buy a mortgage, um, they pull credit for everything, insurance, uh, if you get a cell phone, anything. So I think establishing credit is huge and that's something we can help you do. Um, you know, we have a college card where it's, uh, you know, uh, most of the time they give, they start you out with a credit line, um, small so that you can help to establish credit, um, on a college credit card. Um, also we have a secured card where it basically, you know, you put your money down, uh, to establish credit. Um, and, uh, you know, basically you can do anywhere from like 300 to $5,000, just say you did 300, it would pull that from your account, issue you a credit card with, for a $300, uh, credit limit. And you're basically using your own money to establish credit, but um, tying that in into fraud, for example, uh, the biggest um, uh, fraud, you know, cases of fraud that we see are debit card fraud. You know, someone gets your debit card number either through a skimmer that's placed on an ATM somewhere, or a server at a restaurant gets your credit card information, or. Um, not to say that, you know, obviously the majority of people are not like that, right. but we see cases like that all the time. Um, so, you know, you, you have fraud on your debit card, you come into the bank, what we're going to do is, uh, freeze the debit card, issue a new one. We'll file a dispute and you'll get your money back. Sometimes it's three, seven, 10 days before you get your money back. What I would recommend is using a credit card for anything and paying it off every month. You do that. You don't pay any interest. Even if you don't do like the 0% for 15 months, find a good rewards credit card that pays um, rewards that you can use for cash back or, you know, uh, restaurant gift cards or whatever. But doing that, if um, if someone, uh, if your credit card becomes compromised, your cash flow is not, accept, uh, not affected. So, um, you know, with a debit card, if, if someone has 150 bucks in their account and someone uh, got their debit card and there's, you know, 10 charges that brought them down to a dollar, they don't have any money for three to, you know, 10 days until that money's from the dispute is put back in their account. If they use a credit card and just really, it requires discipline just to pay it off every month. But if they do that um, and the credit card's compromised, the credit card company or, you know, the credit card division is going to uh, dispute that just like we would but you're not out the money in your checking account, if that makes sense. Right. So I think that's, that's um, you know, a big thing. And we see a lot of fraud now with checks written, checks stolen out of the mail. Um, and that, you know, when that happens, it's, it's a little bit more difficult than a debit card because you have to um, close the account down, um, open a new account, order new checks. So I, I reckon in today's, day and age, if you're a business, I recommend to do positive pay, um, or limit the amount of checks that you're writing and sending in the mail. Um, anything you can do AC, like if you're paying vendors, uh, you know, anything you can do ACH pay with a credit card. Um, I would recommend that just to expose 
less exposure to your account number. Can you explain positive pay? Yeah. So positive pay, um, the business owner or office manager will basically um, upload. So it, it's through the business online banking and they'll upload a file um, every day. And there's a cutoff time um, of checks they've written. And so uh, it, it, when they, the next day, and also the bank, if a, if the uh, teller is presented with a check, say it's check number 501 and that's not on their list, the teller won't, won't cash the check. Um, so um, uh, also the business owner can see from their end, you know, what checks were presented and not, you know, not, not pay those, have us not pay those checks. So it really protects your account, especially if you're a business that's writing checks um, and, and really you don't have any other options to pay other than, you know, there's really no options for ACH or credit cards and you're writing a lot of checks. Um, it's uh, positive pay is roughly about a hundred bucks a month, but for a business that, that writes a lot of checks, it's well worth it for sure. So I'm sure it's probably this day, the way everything's moving forward that direct deposits probably almost everywhere now but is that is that something you would recommend having as well absolutely yeah direct deposit i mean it's you know you're you're more than likely if a company offers that and they they uh write you a check you know maybe they issue their checks on friday and you got to go to the bank um a lot of times the direct deposits available earlier um so yeah i would definitely recommend Direct deposit. So, so there's a couple of things I wanted to just mention and ask a uh, question about. So I'm, I'm kind of old school, but I always thought it was weird that to build credit up, you had to get credit cards and go in debt. Uh-huh. Right. And then, you know, so at one point in time, I had all my credit cards paid off and my credit uh-huh. card dropped because I was out of debt. Um, can you just talk about why it's, I mean, other than you mentioned about for mortgages and stuff like that, uh-huh. somebody who's thinking about it and under and doesn't understand why is that important to continue? Um, I think that, like I said, you, you really, you know, it requires a discipline to, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, the, the credit uh, reporting agencies, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, they have certain criteria they're looking for. And there's certain things that will um, damage your credit. And, you know, some of those things are if you're over uh, 50% utilization on, so if you, you a total of all your credit line, credit card balances, is say $10,000 and you're over five, the $5,000 mark that kind of starts to bring down your score. Then if you're over the 75%, the more, the higher you go on the credit line utilization, it's going to kind of bring down your score. So you want to ideally, um, the best thing for your credit is if you have a credit card and just, you know, uh, basically, you know, discipline yourself to, to, uh, sort of correspond it with your checking account to where you're not spending more than you have if you can help it and just pay it off every month. Um, so definitely wouldn't recommend going into debt. Um, but you know, but to build your credit, just use it and pay it off. Um, some other things that can negatively impact your credit scores if you close accounts. So, um, you know, if you, if you keep them open, you know, don't have the urge to, to use them. And, you know, cause I have that available, I'm going to go buy a new TV or, or whatever, but, uh, but to, you know, really budget and just pay it off every month. Um, that way you're paying zero interest to the bank. You're, um, you know, you're, you're 
building your credit and 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 that that's how you get a good credit score. I'm also in school of the fact that I don't like and don't have the Venmo and PayPal and Zelle and all that stuff. What are the advantages and maybe what are the disadvantages of having those attached to your accounts? Um, we don't see, uh, we do see sometimes, uh, fraud with, with those, um, applications. A lot of times it's people, you know, convince someone to give them their online banking credentials, which you should never do to anybody. Um, but you know, um, the bank goes through Zelle. So we, you know, but, um, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's, I mean, I guess I wouldn't say I recommend it or not recommend it. I mean, I, I think it's, it's something in the digital age where everybody's going, you know, paying through Venmo or Zelle or cash app. Um, but I just say, be careful and, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, of scams and, and don't give your online right. banking credentials right. to anybody. So working at a bank, and I'm sure this is just an opinion question or an answer for you. Uh, do you see, because I think we're going this direction, but I hope we don't get there ultimately. Do you think we're going cashless? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think uh, there are certain businesses that we still um, you know, have businesses where cash is brought in every day, um, gas stations and, uh, you know, um, uh, I mean, just a ton of businesses where we still receive cash every day. So, I, I mean, you know, I can't say that, uh, you know, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, it's not a possibility, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. Awesome. Um, all right. So where all are Ameris banks located? Um, so we are uh, uh, on the retail banking side. Uh, we have around a 170 branches or so. Um, we're in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, and South Carolina, primarily in Georgia and Florida. Um, so we, uh, when they merged with Fidelity Bank, Fidelity was in Georgia and Florida and headquartered out of Buckhead. And they moved their uh, headquarters of Maris from Jacksonville to Buckhead once we merged. Um, but we're all over the Atlanta area here in this area where we have two branches in Cartersville. We have a branch in Woodstock, uh, my branch here in Ackworth. Um, uh, Marietta has, I think, seven or eight branches, uh, Bells Ferry, Barrett Parkway, um, uh, Canton Road, Old Piedmont uh, area, uh, East Cobb on Johnson's Ferry. Um, so we're all in uh, Powers Ferry, um, Marietta Square. So we're very strong presence in Cobb. Um, and, uh, and Bartow and, um, uh, and of course Fulton and, and even South of Atlanta, we're, we're all over. So if somebody's traveling and they need to get cash out, how difficult is it if they're not somewhere where the, you guys aren't located, uh, to use and get an ATM, there's a lot of fees for that. Um, you know, with, uh, yeah, they could use any, uh, our debit card with any other banks, ATM, um, and, and, you know, there is fees associated with that. Usually the, the bank, the other bank is going to charge you, uh, you know, anywhere from $2 to $4 probably. And then Ameris will charge you, um, I think, I think our fee is like $3. Um, but we do have an account with, depending on your relationship with us, where if you have over 25000 total, and that could be loan balances, 
um, combined with deposit balances. So if you had a HELOC with over 25000 we have an, an account called an um, Advantage account. And uh, that will not charge you fees uh, on the Ameris side, and it will also pay the other bank's fees. So, you know, if you go to a Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo charges you $4. Um, it, it won't cost you anything to access your account anywhere. All right. So if somebody's listening and, and wants to uh, maybe visit Ameris Bank or uh, even talk to you, how can people, first of all, find the bank, and then how can people get a hold of you? Um, so, uh, you know, just come in and sit. My branch is uh, located on 41 Cobb Parkway. It's across from the new uh, racetrack gas station in Ackworth, just south of Cedar Crest Road. So just come in, um, see me, see my staff. Um, my email is a good way to get a hold of me. It's uh, Tommy.Honrime. That's T-O-M-M-Y dot H-O-N-R-I-N-E at amerisbank.com um and uh uh you know or call the branch uh 678-905-2600 um but yeah either one of those options um you know come see us check us out and um you know love to help uh, you know uh businesses grow or or on the personal side you mentioned already the things you do with the uh, the cans, the foons, and stuff like that. Is there anything else got you got coming up that you want to share? You guys are doing? Um, that's that's all I can think of. In in October, um, we've got that the canned food drive, and we also you, you don't have to just you know you could bring cans to any branch, but also if your business wants to um, wants to uh, you know uh, participate. I'll bring a box out to your business so that you can, and then at the end of the canned food drive, come and pick it up. Awesome. So, um, so that's, that's the only thing that comes to mind that we have coming up. You had something long ago that where you gave people free hot dogs, anything like that. Oh yeah. Up? Yeah. We, uh, <laughs> from time to time we do that. We'll do either like a, a customer appreciation, uh, kind of thing and just, you know, grill some hot dogs and, uh, uh, lets me, that's one of my, uh, you know, uh, hobbies is grilling and smoking meats and stuff so it kind of lets me do that too um sometimes we'll have like a um you know we also provide merchant services credit card processing we partner with a company uh with fiserv and they sell the i guess the biggest products they sell are clover machines if you've ever seen those um so we'll have like a clover demo day sometimes um we don't have one coming up i probably should schedule one in the next few months um, where business owners can come in and, uh, uh, you know, look at the different, uh, whether it's the Clover Go or, you know, different um, systems. Um, and when we do that, we grill out hot dogs and stuff like that. So I, I, we're overdue for that. I need to, I yeah, need to, I'd like a visit. good hot dog. So absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Tommy, thanks for sharing a little bit of your story Absolutely. and what you guys do. So what I like to do before we wrap this up, I've got uh, one other thing I'd like to ask both of you. Uh, I'd like to end this on uh, you guys sharing a positive quote, word, or nugget for somebody listening that today and the rest of 2023 and beyond with. So, Stephanie, what you got? Oh, man. All right. You can't make everyone happy. You're not a taco. Nice. <laughs> That's there. awesome. There you there go. All right, awesome. Tommy. Um, man, I, you know, I can't think of any, uh, other than, you know, um, I, I never give up. I think that's, you know, uh, with, 
everything you mentioned, you know, everything going on with my girlfriend and whether it's that or whether it's, um, you know, um, new business that you're trying to, uh, you know, to help or whatever, I'd say never give up. The other thing I like to do is uh, the thank you is a lost art these days. So, Stephanie, thank you for what you're doing for the people and trying to uh, assure them and get them the right coverage on their insurance and also everything you do for the non-profit world. And, Tommy, thanks for what you do for the uh, community as well as the business owners. Everybody out there listening, let's remember, let's be positive, let's be charitable. 